special episode of Street Soldiers. It's our virtual Push for Peace town hall on the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me at Lisa Evers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and catch up on all of our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, LisaEvers.com, and Fox Soul. First, I want to wish all the dads a very happy Father's Day. One of the best things I've seen happen is how many men are relishing their fatherhood role even after the relationship with their child's mother has ended. So a very big happy Father's Day to all the dads doing the right thing by their kids. And to those who fall into the needs improvement category, there's still time to make it right, no matter how many years it's been. Now to our Push for Peace virtual town hall. It is a challenging time full of peril and possibility. The world finally listening to the frustrations from communities of color denied respect and equal justice and fearing for their lives at the hands of police. The tragic killing of George Floyd has led to a huge diverse movement for human rights. Hundreds of thousands of protesters filling American streets, demanding justice and affirming that black lives matter. Joining us now is superstar Fat Joe. Joe is a veteran of our town halls. He was the first hip-hop artist ever on Street Soldiers, came with us to Rikers Island to give inmates a voice, and took on the NYPD. He's been fighting for justice for years. Now he's spreading the word on his nightly 8 p.m. Instagram live show. Also with us is a hip-hop artist who has never let stardom interfere with his conscience. I'm talking about Papoose. He's also been speaking out on Street Soldiers for years, going back to Law Library. Now he's written what may be the most powerful song of his career, Tribute, using every letter of the alphabet to name a life lost to deadly police or racist violence. Hey, Amadou Diallo was shot 19 times. The police fired 41 shots combined. Mistaken identity, they had to admit it. When they went to trial, all four officers got acquitted. Ahmaud Arbery, his skin made him a target. Two racist white men shot him while he was jogging. B. Betty Jones was inside of our house the day after Christmas when shots rang out. That was tribute by Papoose. It's great to have both of you on Street Soldiers. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, guys, we wanted to talk about, um, in this episode of Street Soldiers, what it's like for men of color in America and what the whole movement that has been happening now, this what I call the great awakening, how it's impacting your lives and, and how you see it. Joe, let me start with you on that. I mean, this is a beautiful time. We, we turn the tragedy into something triumph. triumph. Uh, God bless and, and rest in peace, George Floyd and Aubrey and Brianna. But uh, they're like martyrs. You know what I mean? And what I was trying to tell my daughter in a strange way when she was asking me about George Floyd, I said, well, you know, in 30 years, I think they're going to talk about him like we talked about Rosa Parks in the history books. So I was trying to break it down like that. Like, you know all about Rosa Parks. You know about the civil rights. So 30 years from now, I think kids will be reading about George Floyd. And he gave his life, unfortunately, so that great things could come. And so you see with all these laws passing, like the 50A and transparency laws, and finally we can hold uh, police officers accountable. Papoose, I felt like this was one of the first times when black men in particular could really speak about just the daily, some of the daily, I call microaggressions, or just the, just the trauma of never knowing when something simple is gonna turn into a potentially deadly encounter with police. Yes. You know, unfortunately, uh, encounters with police for black and Latinos is 
unreasonable, disrespectful, and you you feel you feel danger. Whenever the police approach you, you know you don't feel safe. You don't feel protected. You feel like okay, I need to protect myself because these are individuals who don't like me. And I love the fact. I love what this generation is doing. I, I sit back and I, I'm analyzing everything that's going on. I feel like they learned from the the, the revolution and the uh, the outcry in the '60s. Like they learned from how they did it in the '60s. I feel like back then they kind of burnt down their own, destroyed their own neighborhoods. This this movement has been taken worldwide. It's people around the planet who are speaking out. So I feel like they got the world involved. You know what I mean? More, more better, which is a great thing. You know, we, we love what they did back then, but I just feel like this generation, they kind of learned from that. And, and, you know, just talking about the police, if you really know the history of the police, it initially started from back in slavery. You know, they would use, the police were there to keep the slaves on the plantation. You know, and then over years and years and years, it evolved to the sheriff and the marshal and all, marshals and all of that. But the police department in the United States, that's how it initially started. So, it's actually the foundation of it was built on racism. I hate to be the one to say that. So now that they're revamping it and changing certain things due to the people fighting back, it's a wonderful thing because it's, it's been time. It's overdue. Definitely. Joe, Joe, when you see all the energy, you know, with so many people coming together from all different backgrounds, all different races, all saying Black Lives Matter, saying time to end racism worldwide. How does that make you feel? Because you've been speaking out... You know, you've been speaking out on these 50s for a long, long time since the beginning of your career. You know, uh, there's nothing more powerful than people power. And when we come together, Black, White, Latino, Asian, Indigenous people, uh, people from all across the world saying enough's enough, then they have to listen because everybody's unified and everybody's together saying that enough is enough. And like with anything else, if you look at people out there, there's a lot of white people on the front line. But what you don't understand is that a lot of them have black and white grandchildren. You know, this country is mixed. It's diverse now. It ain't just white and black. Right. You know, it's like, you know, when people, you see white people out there, they saying, those are my kids. Right, exactly. You you know, you're targeting my kids. Those... Those ain't just let's march for black people. Their kids are black. Their grandchildren are black. And they're like, nah, enough's enough. You could kill my grandchild. So it's powerful. We'll be back with more of our Push for Peace Town Hall right after this. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. It's our virtual Push for Peace Town Hall on the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. Joining us now is superstar Fat Joe. Joe is a veteran of our town halls. He was the first hip-hop artist ever on Street Soldiers, came with us to Rikers Island to give inmates a voice, and took on the NYPD. He's been fighting for justice for years. Now he's spreading the word on his nightly 8 p.m. Instagram live show. Also with us is a hip-hop artist who has never let stardom interfere with his conscience. I'm talking about Papoose. He's also been speaking out on Street Soldiers for years, going back to Law Library. Now he's written what may be the most powerful song of his career, Tribute, using every letter of the alphabet to name a life lost to deadly police 
or racist violence. Papusta song tribute where you go through all of these instances where black men were killed and women were killed at the hands of police. Why did you feel it was so necessary to do that at this time? Because when you hear it, you know, your voice, the delivery, the beat, and then just this like almost horrible, you know, roll call of all these innocent lives taken. What made you want to do this now? I wanted to be the voice for people who physically doesn't have a voice anymore, you know, and it, it actually broke my heart that I was able to make that record. It's a shame that an artist can take a, a, a letter in the alpha, each letter in the alphabet from A to Z and name a person who was murdered by the police. And it's even more of a shame when you look at the fact that when you do your research and you notice that all of those cops got away, they never even went to prison. They never even got arrested. I mean, I'm sorry. They never got convicted. So, you know, and I and I, I said this last time when I spoke to you, and I want to say this again, and because I, I don't want people to get away from the point. A lot of people say, you know, everybody's complaining about the police killing us, but we got to stop killing us. I understand that, and I respect that. What, what I want them to understand is, if you pay attention and you listen to when people are protesting and you listen to the cries that's going on, they're saying no justice, no peace. So, unfortunately, we, all, we are going to always have homicides across the planet. No matter what color your skin is, we're going to have homicides. What we're fighting for is justice. Don't get it twisted. You know, if a, if a black person kills a black person, they go to jail. They get 50 to life, 25 double life sentences. <laughs> they get put away. You know, I can keep going through different race, color, and creeds. We all get put away and sent to the penitentiary. The only murder that seems to be legal when they get away with it is when... The police kill one of us. So that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for justice. It's going to be extremely difficult to stop murders. We're not going to be able to stop that. But what we're saying is they need to be held accountable. So we're fighting for accountability. And and, and also the, it's a different thing when it's a person who has the entire justice system behind them that has it, got the force there as opposed to an individual on another individual. Becho, take us back to Force Project. Growing up, when did you first become aware that there was a different system of justice with the cops? Well, man, I've been getting my ass beat my whole life. And I wasn't and and I wasn't a good kid. I ain't gonna lie to you, uh Lisa. You know, I was I was I was I was I was earning a couple of those ass whippings. But what I noticed was that the reason why I always spoke up against police brutality since I first became a rapper is because at that time I was voiceless. So anything they would do to us, they could get away with it. So they come smack my mother. They come beat me up. They'll come, uh, you know, they hated me so much. They would stop me. And if I was with my girlfriend, they would feel her up. Oh like literally feel her up in front of me and say, stuff about me in front of her and and what was crazy they got away with so much but there wasn't no social media there wasn't no phones uh, no camera phones there wasn't nothing like that so uh man i've been abused by the police like i mean abused like it, i earned some of it i earned a good 25 percent of it 20 percent of it but you know to to the length of where they were able to take it and how they were able to get away with it. I mean, we never, you know, to this day, I don't believe in telling. I, I, I still don't believe in suing, telling, nothing. So they got away with everything 
I was the perfect specimen because I'm not the guy who's going to tell, yo, this guy harassed me, this guy beat me up. I mean, I, I got beat up about 100 times by the police. One time, rest in peace, my uh, one of my best friends, Flex, Full Flex, uh, they took him and they dumped him in the garbage can in front of the project building one time. And it just, just uh, humiliating. Horrible, horrible, humiliating things. And what happens is, it, I think it's unfortunate to the police and it's definitely unfor- unfortunate to the people in the hood that a lot of these cops are white cops that come from suburbs, that come from somewhere else. And they talk a whole different language than the black and the Spanish people that uh, they're supposed to protect and serve. And so in there, uh, there's a big disconnect. So they're coming in there, they're doing it because they want a pension, they want a good job, but they're walking in there and they're looking at us like we're animals. And basically, you know, do whatever they want to do with us. Pepus, what about that? And guys, feel free to jump in with each other. Papoose, what do you think about that? I mean, I agree. I agree. I agree with what Joe said. I agree with so many different things that he said. You know, they they maintain that blue coat. They maintain that blue wall. Even when they do something wrong and they know their fellow officers, they're wrong, they still stand behind them. You understand? And and I feel like... Let me me say something, Pap. Hold up. Just keep your thought. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that they have to pass... This is crazy, though. Like, this is insanity to me. They had to pass a law to allow a police officer. So, Papoos, right now we get in road rage. Remy mm-hmm. crash. I'm in the car with you. You jump out. You want to beat the guy up. I'm like, yo, Pap, you smacked him in the face. Like, chill, bro. Like, we're going to catch a case. That's mm-hmm. human. In the police department, if somebody is abusing or killing uh, somebody... You, as their partner, can't even tell them to chill. They had to pass a law so that your partner now can say, yo, you're being excessive. That is bananas, Lisa. Like, Yo, Joe, I'll give you one worse than that, or maybe equivalent. When they kill somebody, they don't even begin investigating them until after after about 72 hours. They have to go before the union first. And I recently heard that they're trying to remove that also. That's another thing that they're trying to get changed. So within that 72 hours, this guy can erase evidence. He can remove, you know, critical evidence in the case that will help show what really happened. So they're protected so many different ways to evade the law and, and to kill us. And there's so, Lisa, how do we feel, Lisa, we're going to get real justice and we're going to get real transparency from the police department when they have so many loopholes that help them never get convicted. We have much more to come. Stay with us. Yo, what up, people? This is Common, and this is The Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 9-7. The people, baby. Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. It's our virtual Push for Peace town hall on the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. Joining us now is superstar Fat Joe. Joe is a veteran of our town halls. He was the first hip-hop artist ever on Street Soldiers, came with us to Rikers Island to give inmates a voice, and took on the NYPD. He's been fighting for justice for years. Now he's spreading the word on his nightly 8 p.m. Instagram live show. 
Also with us is a hip-hop artist who has never let stardom interfere with his conscience. I'm talking about Papoose. He's also been speaking out on street soldiers for years, going back to Law Library. Now he's written what may be the most powerful song of his career, Tribute, using every letter of the alphabet to name a life lost to deadly police or racist violence. There's been a huge push since George Floyd because of George Floyd case. I heard Pat Lynch, who is the head of the Patrolman's Benevolent Association, very tough talking, you know, like the classic old school New York City cop. He said for the first time in his life, there was a case of police deadly force, the George Floyd case, where every single police officer that he talked to, every union, he represents uh, 200,000 law enforcement and police officers in New York State. They all agreed that that was wrong. And he said, we know it was wrong. That's not what we want to do. And I think that there, you know, but when it comes to the police departments, there's all these overlapping layers. There's local, there's the state, there's the federal, there's within the departments, they have their own thing. And the only way that things are going to change are some of these laws that are now on the books right now and that are being proposed as we're speaking that people stay on them and they follow through that will give accountability and transparency. So like the 50A, Joe, you mentioned where you'll be able to bring in a cop's disciplinary record, the Garner Bill, where the chokehold finally has been banned. The chokehold was used after Eric Garner was uh, died from the chokehold. It was banned at the time that, that he used it by the NYPD. That wasn't in any NYPD training manual, but they still, uh, it was still in use. That's being banned. The federal government wants wants all uh, police departments to have dash cams, have body cams. They want to have a demilitarization of the police um, so that they're not getting military equipment from Washington, D.C. So there's a lot of these things, but you know what? If all the uproar that we're seeing now and all the voices that are shouting and demanding change, if everybody just goes back and, oh, goes back to school, goes back to work, goes back to whatever they were doing and doesn't push to actually get these things into law, the change, the, the massive change that can happen now for the first time that we've ever all seen any of us in our lives, it's not, it's going to, all of this is going to be wasted if people don't follow through. But you know what, Lisa, the chokehold should have been banned. That's what I have a problem with. Why didn't they been banned for you to stand out in broad daylight or any time of day and choke someone to death? And this is repeatedly happening. And that's why I believe what people say. You know, they're not reacting and changing the laws because they've seen the video. They're changing things because we've seen it. Right. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like exactly. a, a chokehold should have should have should have been banned. And and the union upholds it all of the time all the time. That's the shield. Those are the walls that they hide behind. They hide behind the union and they help them very critical evidence and keep getting away with it. So I'm moving forward. I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm happy that things are changing, you know, and maybe we can we can have a better society because this has been going on for too long. And like I said, the structure of the police department, if you wonder why it's so racist, it was initially built during slavery to keep slaves on the plantation. When they would run away, they would cut off our foot and do things like that. So that racism is embedded in there. It just evolved over the years. That's that's all. No, definitely. But in, in terms of following through on these things and actually changing them, do you guys both feel that we're at a moment where we really can change this? I mean, we could try and we're trying and we're making, uh, I mean, the whole world's together on these issues. So, and we, we, we already figured out that we got, we got a button that we press called done. 
on Instagram. <laughs> you know, whenever we see something like that, you're done. So we just press that button a thousand times. You got a million people pressing it a thousand times. They're like, hold up. It's on. <laughs> like, you know, we got, we need results. <laughs> hey, 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 look, Donald Trump lives on Black Lives Matter Avenue now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Black so- Lives Matter, 1600 <laughs> Black Lives Matter. No, that was the one. That was the one. Right? <laughs> nah, that was the one. Yo, things are changing, y'all. I have, I have faith that this stuff is going. To, it's been going on too long, man. Yeah, it's been going on way too long. We have some, 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 some black mayors who are in position. So there are people in positions who can make change. And you know what? To make moves now. To make it's moves it. now. Yeah. Yep. And, and 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 yesterday when I spoke to you, just personally, uh, Lisa, where you was like, um, that they had to make the move now. Like, they were like, don't discuss this and drag this three years. Like, make the move now. While you can, make the move. The mayor of D.C., she said, well, I'm in power now. I'm making moves. And, and, guess, and guess what? I can make it Black Lives Matter Boulevard. <laughs> and I'm making it now. That's right. She didn't wait. She got Yo. busy. Yo, and not I'm so only, happy to see that. I and love not that only was, wasn't that crazy, everybody, and not only like a little sign on the lamp pole, she made the letter so big you can see it oh from my the God. Spotlight. I thought it was fake. I it's thought it was like, fake at first. I thought it was Photoshop. <laughs> what a nice thing. What would this be? This would be really great if this happened. <laughs> right. Oh no, that guy want to die in that White House. Like, oh my, god. oh my god! Like a, a four hundred and four hundred and fifty some years. You know what I'm saying of of racism and, and slavery and oppression. You know we still want our reparations. Man, they owe us a lot of money. We helped build this country up for free, and we need that money. That's the next level. Like after we get finished changing and rebuilding this racist police department. We should go into that because we owe we are owed a lot of money. That's a great that's a great that's a great topic for us to do the show. But let me let me bring it back to the action, the anger into action. Joe, you have been uh, advocating on Instagram, reminding people when the voting is, telling people to get out there and vote. You were with me when we first started hip hop votes back in two thousand when we started that. Um, and registered thousands of voters over the years with, with Funk Flex and with a lot of other people that came on board with it. 50, Diddy was with it, everybody. Why do you feel do you, Why do you feel it's so important right now for people to be voting and, and knowing who is their elected official? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I got to go after this question, but I'm going to be honest with you, Lisa. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to seem like a nasty person or a bad person. But the day that Donald Trump was elected, I barely could sleep that night. And it took courage to walk outside my house the next morning. I was scared because I knew stuff like this, something big was going to happen. This guy won off of preaching racism and, and divisiveness. We cannot have Donald Trump in office for four more years. This is really vote or die. We don't know what diabolical thing this man could come up with. He's showing us. He doesn't care. He moves like a dictator. He loves Kim Jong-un. He loves Putin. 
He love he this guy. We're gonna see wicked things if he gets elected again. Very wicked things. Yes, yes, I agree, man. Voting is very important, and I want to say this too before you go, Joe. I know you, you said you got to go. Two two things because we don't give each other our flowers, Lisa. Through the whole COVID nineteen, even the whole protesting, the, the entire incident with George Floyd, it's been so much inconsistent information in the media. Your news coverage and how you explain everything in details. I'm talking about giving testing sites. Me and my family watch you every day. I want to thank you and commend you for that. My brother Fat Joe, I want to thank you for the biggest show, man. You had Chuck D up there yesterday. That was so <laughs> educational, man. So I just wanted to salute y'all on the work y'all been doing. We love you, Pat. And Lisa, you got to understand, Lisa is an unsung hero. She's been in the streets for 25, 30 years with the street soldiers. It wasn't cool. That's what I was trying to explain to Chuck D. There was a time where what she was doing wasn't cool. They felt like, nah, we don't want the positive. Nah, we don't want... And she kept doing it. And now, everything you ever did, all of a sudden make super sense to people. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, Lisa, you know, I'm always here for you. I love you. You're loyal to me. I'm loyal to you. Same thing with my brother, Pat Poots. Uh, love you, my brother. Let's stay, let's stay on their necks. Exactly. Let's stay on their necks. We'll, right. we'll stay on this. And it, it's just, you know, it's, I, always, I always believed in human rights. I always believed in equal rights for everyone. And, um, I'm glad to see so many other people believe that now too, that it has to, it can't just be words. It's gotta be in actions. It's gotta be visible in people's lives every single day. So I want to thank both of you, my brothers for being with me for this episode of street soldiers for supporting me, supporting the show throughout all these years and all the work you're doing to uh, keep hip hop conscious and aware and, re and relevant too. So thank you both very much. I love you both. Thank we you, love you, guys. Lisa. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, yo, this is Pat Post with Lisa Evers. Put your thinking caps on. Street Soldiers. Welcome back to our special Street Soldiers Push for Peace Town Hall. Now let's turn to the streets and hear from reformed gang member and black mogul entertainment CEO Sol B and reformed gang member and Gods of the City filmmaker K.O.S.O. Frosty. We're also joined by high school sophomore and aspiring rapper tied to fly. Frosty, I want to start with you on this. In terms of the protests that we've been seeing, all the calls on Black Lives Matter, equal justice that's happened since George Floyd's murder, how are you feeling about the vibe on the street right now? Uh, I mean, the energy is really intense. Like, I, I should say it's intense. Like, uh, out there, like everybody's really like passionate about what's going on right now. Um, as you can see, like there's a different type of races out there um, also, where it's just not just Although it's a Black Lives Matter situation, but there's different races out there marching with Black people. So the situation is really intense outside, like, you know? And then in terms of the, Solby, in terms of the energy that's around this, when, you know, you're seeing Blacks, Whites, Latinos, multiracial people, everybody old, young, in between, everybody's coming out saying the same thing. Do you feel like things are really going to change? Yes, I, I truly believe it's because when you have a collective cause, it's like change is inevitable. A condition breeds a response. And George Flood was just the catalyst of what we be. See, it's different when you hear, but when you visually see things, mm. and then you begin to think that could be my son. So it's not just, oh, no, 
he's a black man. It's that that could be my son. Like, and that's the response that we're seeing now with everyone. Like, enough is enough. For sure. Ty, when you saw that George Floyd video, what did you think about that? Obviously, it was horrifying to see what, what was being done to a human being, especially a black man, and seeing what was going on there for so long. How did that make you feel? It built it. It built it up anger in me. Like as I watched it, I built it up anger, knowing that like, like seeing a black man on the floor begging, like I can't breathe. I get up, and then they just sitting there. It built it up a lot of anger in me. So I'm I'm with the protesting and whatever they got going on. And then in terms of your own experience, tell us about your experiences with police or with you know on the streets where you feel you were racially profiled. Um. We had a situation not too long ago, and I put I put myself in the wrong situation. But being in that situation with police around me and guns being drawn, I was scared. I didn't know if I was next, if it was gonna be me. I was scared, and it's sad that I have to feel like that being a young black man growing up. No, definitely, Frosty. In in, in terms of the in terms of the messages that have come out and the. All the changes that we're seeing now, you know, they're talking about changing all of these protections that police officers had and also equal rights, finally really making equal rights for everybody a reality in America. Do you feel like things are really going to change or do you feel like that, that this is this is just a phase and then, you know, think now that things have opened up after the coronavirus, people are going to get back to doing what they did before? No, not really. I think things are going to change because I think that this time, like, because as, as things happen, it started, like, with, let's say, like, with Mike Brown, it escalates. Things escalate from Mike Brown, you know, Trayvon Martin. Every time something happens, the people's reaction is kind of, like, a little more intense. So it's like, I feel like we're demanding this time. I think with, with certain, um, certain times before, we didn't, we didn't really have, like, a demand. But this time, we really have, like, more of a demand for what we want. Like, before, we just, we're just screaming Black Lives Matter. But now we want, like, policy changes and we, we want different things like so I feel like now we're moving towards the right direction and some specific things that are going to make a change Solby what do you tell the young guys what do you tell your son and his peers about what they need to know a about surviving on the streets and b not making mistakes that are going to really take them down a one-way path to you know not a good well, future at I, you all. know I tell them that every day because you know my reality of those mistakes are what you see. You know, I shared that with them in my story. But as it stands now, you know, I tell these young brothers that, you know, now is the time to politicize yourself. Now is the time to turn that negative energy, whether it's in your music, whether it's in your actions, in your community, to, you know what I'm saying, politicize yourself and begin to define what you want because everyone is listening. We have the local government, we have national and international governments that are listening. So now it's time for you young brothers to politicize yourself and not just look at the reactionary violence that could be temporary. So you got their voice, they're looking, the world, now it's time for you like I said, to define yourselves now as black, Latino, white, you know, young men, because these young men today all identify 
same music, same clothes, thanks to hip hop, same everything. It's not like when I grew up. So that's why I guess, you know, these young brothers and sisters of all different racial and ethnic backgrounds are banding together for the sake of bringing that system that they know that they can be a victim of. Frosty, do you feel that the awareness has changed because you're out there in the streets, you're making your your, uh, videos, you're making your shows, you're involved in the community, have your, you know, doing a lot of things in the community. Do you feel the vibe has changed where people are like not as quick to get into acts of violence right now? Or is it just because everyone's been closed up for the whole spring? I mean, um, it's not that everybody's quick to get to act of violence because everybody kind of changed because everybody's more aware. I think like um, right enough of what Ty said, when people kind of like visualize him actually losing his life like that, like basically he screamed for his mama, which a lot of people relate to. It's like he, like everybody screams for their mama when they're like in the worst situation. So I think that kind of like touched people in a different sense. It's not going to stop everything, but I think certain people got aware and was like, okay, you know what? Maybe the enemy is not always just us and we have certain things that's against us. So they try to like, you know, they try to, I say peace it for now, but let's just hope it stays like that. And that, and, and that, that awareness becomes part of the whole culture. Yeah. Ty, what do you think about the, the way people have been talking about this, your friends and stuff? What have you, what have you been hearing from your friends? I've been, really, I've been hearing like, like, it's good because now we finally, like, have a voice. Like, we can finally speak on how we feel. So, like, as in me being a teen and then being around my friends and us talking about it, it's like we're coming to our senses now. Like, like we just come to our senses and it's like we finally got a voice and we finally get to speak. Do you feel like it's going to have an impact on the kind, you know, the kind of music you write, the kind of lyrics, that type of thing? Yes, because... Now we don't have to like, you know, a lot of rappers like to talk about jury and, and cars and all type of stuff. But now we actually got something to speak on now, like a historic moment we can speak on in songs and preach in our songs now. Does it feel like it? Because all of the adults have been saying, not that you're not an adult, but all the people that have been around the block a few times are saying, you know what, this just feels unprecedented. It, it feels like the, there's real change in the air. There's real hope. There's like a lot more love you know, really, people are really spreading the love. Does it feel that intense to you? Yes, yes, I, I, I definitely feel it. I feel like, I felt it once, like, I start seeing, like, all the states getting in tune and marching and protesting and demanding our rights. Like, that's when I felt it, like, oh, yeah, it's serious now. So, B, as, as a, a man of color that has gone through the system, you've gone through the criminal justice system, your working father, married, you know, really did a whole 180 with your life. What kind of impact do you think that all of the protests that we're seeing and all this awareness is, is going to have in terms of young men getting caught up in the criminal justice system? Well, you know, it's like their, you know, uh, civil rights now. Equal is just now in the millennium, it's equal rights, human rights. You know, all the things that, you know, those who came before us, our predecessors spoke out for. Now it's time for these young people who were not born in those times to, they they, they feel it. They feel the anger, okay? It wasn't the dogs. It wasn't the, the spray as it was in the 50s and 60s. But now they're actually killing you. 
and it's the same, you know, uh, uh, behavior, the system. So I think because of the inclusion of everyone, there's gonna be a drastic change in policy and the way they are indoctrinated to look at us as individuals. And you feel me? So I, 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 I know for a fact that I'm gonna to live to see that drastic change in Frosty, the system. Definitely, Frosty, how do you feel about that? Because you know we've been through these issues, we talked with you about these issues as well before, like mass incarceration, we've seen how, you know, the injustices in the criminal justice system. And that's that's part of, you know, some of those things have been addressed and there's probably more changes that are coming down the road. But people always had a feeling like police were going to get away with whatever they were going to do. But now it seems like that's changed because they arrested the the man, you know, for murder of George Floyd, like within a couple of, you know, within a couple of days. I mean, yeah, that's good because, like I said, um, the protest, like I said, is picking up, and the more the more we do it, and the more people get involved because it's all around the world. I'm um backing off for Ty said, said again, um, the fifty states caught on, but fifty two, but the world caught on. You have protests in London, you have protests in Paris, so it's catching on. I want to mention one thing that um, one thing that I never really seen. They never really like locked up those um police officers and held them accountable for exactly what they did that fast. And because of the protest, they locked up those four individuals. Then another incident happened um, upstate where the guys pushed the elderly guy and he fell right. in the bus. In Buffalo. Those yeah. guys yes, immediately got, yes. got, that, that was like an immediate response. They didn't even take two days before they, they held those cops uh, accountable. So I think like the more they see that people are together and they're against it, the more they're going to realize that maybe sometimes the police are going overboard. And it's working. So far it's been working. To me, I feel like it's working. If you take away the looting and stuff like that and all that other stuff, everything that's happening is actually working because things are actually happening because they're like, hold on, everybody's everybody's standing up. Maybe, maybe like it's like maybe they're wrong before they always they always fought it. So it's it's policy that we're fighting. Like people think we're fighting individuals. We're not against the police or nothing. We're against like the policy, like the policy that they have. Like just like this, like I seen something they came out. They said, um. We're doing our jobs. We know that's the, that's what we're fighting against. Like the job that they tell you guys to do, sometimes require them to look at us like we're just uh, a, a package or something. We're right. not a package. We're people, so they need to deal with us in a certain way. So we don't have these type of incidents that happen. That's all it is. Like you get definitely. So, B, do you, do you feel like with the support, like Frosty was talking about, with you know people from all over the world? We're carrying Black Lives Matter signs, and the, do you feel that you're going to be looked at in a different way with more respect to? As yes, because as Ko said, you know, London, they, they, it's crazy. In London, it was a statue. They tore that statue down. That was this slave owner was responsible for nineteen thousand Africans being brought to London, and they tore it down like they did something. So people. And it was a collective. It wasn't just, you know, Africans, or, you know what I'm saying, people of African descent. It was just that it's enough is enough. So, as I said, conditions breeds change. But now we have an actual cause. Like K.O. said, it's not the police because these are people who have families. Because even as we know, historically in New York, 
police officers were pulled over. Right. Daddy Cochran was pulled, the mayor, Ward was pulled over when he was the chief. So it's a system that 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 we have to break. And yeah. once that happens, I think our communities will have more engagement and wouldn't feel as if they're enemies of, you know, a, a police officers or the police system that protects us because we need these guys. We don't need to be afraid of these guys. But they need to be there in the community. All right, and Ty, final, final word from you. Do you, feel, do you feel hopeful about the future? Do you feel like things have opened up to you now because of everything that's been going on that you might not have had access to before? Yes, I definitely do. I feel like like I'll be looked at a little different now. Like I don't feel like I'll be judged like just off seeing me. I feel like I'll be looked at a little bit different. Things would open up for me now. Uh, Frosty, where do you think this is all going to go? Do you think it's going to keep going and we're going to see some real, real change? I think, um, well, um, what's going on right now, I think it's definitely going to keep going because this time I don't think anybody's willing to stop. I think everybody wants to keep going until they actually get changed because we've been there already where we stopped and obviously we need to get back to this again. So I think everybody really wants to see a certain change. And let's hope that's the case. So be final word. Um, are we really going to be closer to peace after yes. this, everybody? Because we, we, we have seized the time. I mean, these young brothers and sisters have seen the time. The voices is being heard all over the world. You know what I'm saying? And, and now it's time, like I said, to organize, politicize yourself, and define the direction that you want to go to make the change historic. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for being with us uh, for this episode okay. of Speed Soldiers. Yeah. For peace, Soul B, Mateo, <laughs> so Frosty, Tie to Fly. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for the Street Soldiers Town Hall. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. And let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.